A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Let's go. Let's go. Um, happy New Year, everybody. Yes. Yes. Hello, 2024. <laughs> the first episode of Swiftish Podcast of 2024. This is Ashley. And this is Shelby. Yes. And if you can't tell our voices apart, I say um, like, and can't think <laughs> on a and straight basis. And I just basis. laugh all the time. <laughs> yes. So. That's my calling card. I'm there, sorry. It's been a hot second. I think the last we recorded was second weekend, second week of December, and then Christmas, traveling, New Year started, but we are back with Shelby's most favorite song of <laughs> 1989 Taylor's version to discuss. But yes. before then, I mean, oh, we've had the what? Almost a month off. So we have lots of stuff to go over. Do yes. I have the right list? I don't know. Shelby probably has it, but let's get into it because yeah. we don't have any tour updates. She's going to be back at it in Tokyo, Japan on February 7th. Wow. She has such a long break. It's she does. so long. And you know what's really great about that spray is that she's been able to really support <coughs> Travis and what he's doing. <laughs> she's been at the Christmas Day game with him and the New Year's Eve game with him. She's been a football wife. That's or- just so much football. I just – I thoughts and prayers with her. Sympathy. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope she really does enjoy it because I just cannot imagine spending every holiday weekend watching – football (laughs) well so I like football but I'm not like someone who is watching football every single weekend no 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 but when I lived in Philadelphia I went to tons of Eagles games and became Mm. a really really not diehard then yes diehard Eagles fan going to the games really enhances the experience for me and if you're there with if you're there with friends and if you're there cheering on your uh, soon-to-be fiance, <laughs> rumored, you're gonna you're gonna have a blast. And you know she's there, yeah. <laughs> she's there with her family, with her best friends. She's close to his friends now, so I feel like it's also a social thing. And then afterwards, she always goes to some kind of pop up in Kansas City. She's with him and his friends and his family and her friends and family. So it's like a social thing for her. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think the NFL has slightly backed down on, like, constant coverage of her at the games. Mm -hmm. Um, I know one of the funnier moments was at one of the December games. They, like, panned to her and the crowd kind of booed because it was the opposing team's stadium. And she was just like... like, Oh, yes. (laughs) Like, what can you do? Like, sorry. Yeah, I'm not in charge (laughs) of the cameras. Um... And she also wore like a fan made hat, I think, like a beanie that someone knitted for her. Oh, really? This number. Yeah. So was that a Christmas hat? So she was most recent, last time during December, she was wearing a Christmas hat with 87 on it, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I think it was, it wasn't like a fan, like, oh, here you go. I mailed this to you. But it was like a professional knitter or someone who like knew she'd be at the game and so she like sent it in a package someone like a company had put together for it so oh that's so sweet I thought maybe she bought it off of Etsy oh no (laughs) (laughs) that would have been hilarious so many Swifties are becoming quote-unquote diehard Chiefs fans so I know somebody who brought her husband all the way to the last Chiefs game I this is the thing I think she really thought that Taylor was going to be there, but it was this past Sunday. And if you are a true Swifty, you know that Taylor was going to the Golden Globe Globes. <laughs> so I'm not calling this person a fake Swifty. Be better. <laughs> yes, because her, her husband was like, oh, I'll jump on any bandwagon my wife wants to jump on. And yeah. it's, it was apparent that was a bandwagon she was jumping on because she's also a huge Swifty. But... It was all in LA, but Taylor was at the Golden Globes and Travis yeah. was sitting on the sidelines for this game. So yeah. it was, you know, no one was missing out on anything. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, Golden Globes, she um, was nominated for this new made up 
this newly made up category of like box office and commercial success um, going up mainly against Barbie. So she showed up. She was wearing green, which she rarely does, but always rocks. Um, like a shimmering green. Like a I would say like green. a scaly green maybe. <laughs> and uh, she... Ooh, no rest. No rest she, for the wicked. <laughs> she had her nails done, which... Taylor usually does not have acrylic or fake nails on, but this girl had some fake nails on. And I mean, and I didn't if you even notice now, I have to look it up. And it, I mean, it's there. It's not green. It's like a a sparkly, pale, sparkly nail. But if you're a true Swifty, you know what this means, right? <gasps> Call me out. This no, means what does it mean? <laughs> that reputation's coming, of course, because when she was in the "Look What You Made Me Do" music video, like when she was sitting in the pearl of diamonds. She had red acrylic nails on. Interesting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here's where here I get it. I hear it. I know she I, loves a good Easter egg drop. I feel like I, I I can see it going either way, but my first reaction was debut. I was like, oh, green, debut. I literally was like, oh, so no reputation stands can get mad at this outfit because to me, if she was doing rep, it would be black, it would be red, it would be snake themed. And I can see you saying like, oh, it's scaly. But also Shimmery. looking at these nails. Yeah. yeah. Debut color. Well, did, have you seen a photo of uh, Taylor and her dates outfits together? Yeah, yeah. Miss Kaylee uh, yeah. Miller. Miller? 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 I don't know. I don't know. So she was wearing a blue-ish flowery dress and people put a photo of them side by side side taking a photo together next to the album of taylor swift and it's similar colors you guys yeah so i (laughs) i that's where my head went i honestly think she's over that sort of easter egg i feel like Mm -hmm. she's done i feel like she's you guys are going to read into whatever i do i don't care anymore Mm -hmm. um and i also just felt glad that it was an outfit i liked (laughs) I saw that on your P.S. Yurong takeover for the Globes. Yeah. And you're like, finally an outfit I liked. And I was like, okay, this could be Matt or this could be Shelby because <laughs> Matt doesn't like anything Taylor wears. Yeah. Shelby is a little <laughs> <Nice> critical. <laughs> Just kidding. Her, her red carpet looks. You and I have talked offline about this, but yeah. I haven't like loved the structure or fit. I feel like it doesn't flatter her like strongest assets usually. It's, it's kind what of- What are her strongest assets? Well, like her t- her height, her length, yeah. her her, her legs, legs yeah. um, her waist. Like I just feel like there's been this sort of heaviness to her outfits lately. Like I think of her premiere look, her Beyonce look, where it just makes her look a little more stocky or short, and kind mm-hmm. of um, draws attention to like the less unique parts of her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked this look. I I realized it was sort of an controversial look for Swifties like some people really loved it some people thought it was bad they hated the bangs whatever or the triangle like side boob cutouts I thought it Mm -hmm. was fun I thought it was flattering to her height I thought it was finally fit well Mm -hmm. to her height um and I like the color green on her I think it's like fun and different and something she doesn't always gravitate towards and so it didn't feel as like heavy or um aggro as some of her like Mm -hmm black you know looks or whatever she's been trotting out lately Um, I think green really brings out her coloring her eyes her blonde hair like like you said we haven't really seen her in that color yeah so I thought it was a good look um I thought it was fun uh she was there was some drama at the globes I don't know (laughs) of course there was some drama there or it because I think did you watch the whole thing yeah so I didn't watch it I was you know Getting a, a play-by-play from P.S. You're Wrong. I was also, like, getting play-by-plays by all, like, the Swifty people who are watching it. There, were, I want you to tell me about the drama. There are at least two drama, things of drama yeah. that I've seen yeah. that I kind of loved. Well, so first, the host was pretty bad. Um, he bombed the opening monologue. No one was laughing. No one was having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who was he and how was he He's chosen? like a stand-up comedian. I had never heard of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was pretty hard for them to find someone willing to host one because it was so last minute Two because it was sort of mired in controversy because the Golden Globes had been canceled for a few years because the original voting body um, was like dealing with serious corruption issues and like Mm -hmm. um, being bought out. And so 
It was canceled. Then someone uh, company bought it. And so now it moved to CBS and they have an entirely new voting body. So this is sort mm-hmm. of the first relaunch. Um, and so they really just like bigger names turned them down. And so this comedian got the job like right after Christmas. So he had like 10 days to prepare and he was bad and it was very awkward and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And like it kind of lazy jokes, sexist jokes, a lot of like side eye jokes about Barbie and just, you know, <laughs> men. But then about like 10, 20 minutes into the show, he came out to like introduce the next slew of presenters and made a joke about Taylor Swift, um, mm-hmm. which to me wasn't like the worst, most sexist thing he could have said. It was really about how the NFL is obsessed with cutting to her. So he's like, at least at the Golden Globes, we'll cut two or less. But again, the delivery and his cadence and his like starting off point did not make it funny at all. Like he was not funny. He's not clever. And so the camera cut to Taylor right as she was taking a drink. And so some Swifties read that as like she was unamused, which is totally (laughs) fair. I I also Mm -hmm. think it's also a matter of timing where she was zoned out and it's like no one thought this guy was funny. So no one was listening to him. And so she happened to take a drink at that exact time. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's like, yeah, she didn't have to laugh at a dumb joke. She didn't have to laugh at a lazy yeah. joke. Yeah, because what he said was, as you know, we came off of a football doubleheader. The big difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL, at the Golden Globes, we have fewer camera shots of Taylor Swift. And then it pans to her and she's like pierced lips, drinks yeah. wine or her champagne. And yeah. then Joe Coy, who was the, the host – I think the next day he was getting getting interviewed yeah. and he said that the joke, it was more in the NFL and he was trying to make fun of the NFL using cutaways and how the Golden Globe didn't have to do that. It was yeah. more a jab at the NFL, but it, it didn't land that way. Yeah, it was a dumb joke anyway. He knows that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, I don't think Taylor was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to tweet my frustrations over like Golden Globes, you're sexist, I'm giving up on you type thing. It was just lazy and boring. Um, And so that was like the headlining piece, uh, her unamused reaction. And then during the show, um, Selena Gomez was present, but at a different table. And she came up to um, Taylor and Kaylee, Kylie, Callie, Calais, Miss Miles Teller, and and, um, hugged her. And then the it seemed that they were sharing like a bit of gossip. There was a very big reaction, a lot of follow-up questions, uh, some dramatic nods and eyes mm-hmm. from Selena. And so of course, immediately everyone wanted to know like the yeah. inaudible shit talking. And so some lip readers, <laughs> you know, it, it's hard to verify for real, but some lip readers think from a camera angle, they could read Selena saying like, I asked for a picture and she said no. And then the girl was like, with Timothy and then they think so the guess is that Kylie had turned down Selena's request for a picture with Timothy Chalamet and other lip readers were like yeah I asked to sit by him and she said no like for this picture so that's the running theory I guess yeah and there's that that beef between of course the Swifts and the Jenner (laughs) Kardashians and so you know Selena's tied in there because of that beef uh, well, and but, Kylie Jenner is best friends with Hailey Bieber. Oh, yes. I and, forget about that. Yeah. And Kylie Jenner had been friendly with Selena, but then sort of like, I think the 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 rumors, the beef was that Kylie helped Hailey like get with Bieber yes. after Selena and him broke up. And so it's like. Yeah. Because Selena was on vacation or something, and then yeah. Justin and all of them got together, and it was because of Kylie's little yeah. mastermind plan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So who knows? I mean, well, I, so yeah. a source said mm-hmm. that that did not happen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So a, a source close to. Taylor or was either Selena's team said that did not happen at all, was not the case. But if we were a fly on the wall or Miss Miles Teller, that would be amazing to have yeah. that interaction. And how yeah. how how interesting is it? She's spending a lot of time with a lot of time with with that couple. 
a lot. I think she just, yeah, she she found a new bestie during. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I understand it because I always gravitated towards like younger, like, you know, I I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think they're just friendly. They're friends. Yeah. And I love it. I don't even know if she hangs out with Miles Teller per se. There was a photo of her arm in arm with with Kai, Kaylee and Miles was right there. And people yeah. were just like making jokes about how like the, the, there's there's nothing like Taylor Swift has more chemistry with <laughs> with someone's wife than she does with like people she actually dates. So. <laughs> Who funny. knows? Oh, yeah, there speaking- was footage of her and um, – What is her boyfriend's name? Travis. Oh, <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, Kevin. Like, wait. <laughs> There's their New Year's smooch. So yes, yep. There was uh, the video of that because they were at the New Year's Eve party taking photos with fans <clears throat> too. So yeah, I know. But the real story is yes. the New York Times. I have a. I have a slew of uh, notes, so we are definitely on the same page today. You, so Miss Miss Shelby sent me this article. I never messaged you back. It was like late at night, but yeah. I read it. It was five thousand words, and I think I got through like three quarters of it before I fell asleep. And it was good. <laughs> it just was like I was like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no. and then I I never I never finished it because I can't find it in my like five hundred tabs <laughs> on my phone. But yeah, there. There's a lot of thought and yeah. backlash on this. Yeah. But what was your initial reaction? So the New York Times released an op-ed from a staff mm-hmm. writer. So it's a New York Times reporter, but they publish it as an op-ed, which has much less like oversight and is basically just an opinion piece. Mm-hmm. And this Anna Marks, writer, yeah, who, who in 2022 has basically wrote a similar article about Harry Styles. Oh, yeah. So it's basically talking about um, Gaylor theories and like whether or not Taylor herself is queer and if it's morally good or bad to read her as queer or to guess about her um, sexuality. And so it, I find it fascinating. Obviously, I've talked about Gaylor on here a lot. And um, I think it's tough because Taylor herself goes back and forth hot and cold on what she puts out there and how she reacts to the reaction about it. Um, And like we talked about a couple episodes before the break, it's like she came out swinging with tree pain being like shut down Dumois. Like this is a lie. This is hurtful. Whereas she's never been as like exacting with Gaylor theories. Um, but again, there's constantly this back and forth between people who do read into um, the Gaylor of it all and then the Hitlers who are like, she said she's an ally and then everyone's like, but the hair drops. And so it was basically just a regurgitation of all of this. And I read all of it because I find it so funny when people list out the the proof um, mm-hmm. and because it so- is like so easy to like write it yeah. as that but then the other side can also write it as here's the proof that she's not and so that like war is so fascinating to me and kind of humorous yeah and she she did Anna Marks did open this up with comparing young Taylor in the country world yes as you know being siloed and really didn't have any freedom over her sexuality because it's in the country world and then <laughs> She compared that directly to Shelley Wright, who was a country artist as well. And I think she ended up switching genres because of the backlash when she came out. And she did um, battle with some suicide ideation. Yes. And she compared those two. So she she definitely did open it up with – she's more on the side that Taylor is a part of that community. Yeah. From from what I read. Yeah. The, basically, the finale was like, yeah, we might never know her gender identity. We might never know who every single song is about, which is fine and how it should be. But if we allow the opportunity for these sapphic readings, mm-hmm. um, then that sort of is a middle finger to the heteronormative culture. And like, it's okay mm-hmm. to like 
release ourselves from these constraints of always assuming straightness, um, which is a complicated sentiment, right? Because on one hand, yeah, that's totally fair and valid. And like to always assume heteronormative like um, relationships or identities is a disservice to the sort of um, breadth of Mm -hmm. identity. But it's also like when these are public figures who, or anyone really, it it's also damaging to just constantly invalidate what they present or to assume things um, that could be uncomfortable or untrue. Um, and so it is kind of like hard. I, I don't know. It, it's hard because to me it's like Taylor's fine. Like this isn't the person who's suffering the most from accusations like mm-hmm. in every sense any sort of ac- assumption about her sexuality has been positive it hasn't been like wow this girl like let's get her out of here you know like bah, hate mm-hmm. the gays um but yeah so that article was sort of you know it was kind of trying to say like maybe this is bad but it's also good and so mm-hmm. I think that's the trouble we get into and the same thing was going on with Sean Mendez um where people just refuse to take him at his word when he has said explicitly, I'm not gay. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's like hard because our culture is just like super invasive and demanding of details for everything. Um, and that's not fair, but it's also like that's the beast of the public eye. And so how you react to it is kind of hard. Um, and Taylor being vague or intentionally you know, creating a force of people who obsess over every detail because she's told them like every detail matters and there's always something hidden and there's always a secret Mm -hmm. and like, you know, let's check in the closet, wink, wink, nod, nod type thing. Mm -hmm. It's easy to feel like, oh, well, she's trying to let us in without feeling obligated to actually come out, which Mm -hmm. again is something we saw with Billie Eilish, who was like, I didn't think I had to come out. I thought it was obvious. And so that's like a lot of the reasoning galers have is like how much more obvious can she be Mm -hmm. but when you have public people writing essays about it in major publications it's yeah it becomes difficult we kind of talked about how tree hasn't ever tree or taylor has never like made a comment about this and anonymous members of anonymous member of swift's team wanted to stay anonymous to just for their an own associate. An yes. Associate. Yeah, I said an associate of Swift. They want to say anonymous. They said, which they should have done a little bit of fact checking. So it kind of makes me think that this is not tree. And if it is tree, maybe she should have done a little bit of fact check- checking. But they said, because of her massive success in this moment, there is a tailor shaped hole in people's <laughs> ethics. This article wouldn't have been allowed to be written by, about Sean Mendez or any male artist whose sexuality has been questioned by fans. Harry Styles. Um, there seems to be no boundaries some journalists won't cross when writing about Taylor, regardless of how invasive, untrue, and inappropriate it is. All under the protective veil of an opinion piece. Yeah. Then you had the Variety chief music critic Chris Williams tweet This was the least defensible op-ed I can remember ever seeing the New York Times run. Made all the worse by the fact that it was written by a staffer who specializes in this speculations, a.k.a. Harry Styles. And then Shelley Wright, the country music artist that I mentioned that Taylor's compared to, she reposted his tweet and said, I was mentioned in the piece, so I'll weigh in. I think it was an awful of the New York Times to publish, triggering for me to read, not because the writer mentioned my nearly ending my life, but seeing a, a public person's sexuality and disgust is upsetting. Yeah. And then Anna Marks, she... Uh, she wrote, I know that discussing the potential of a star's queerness before a formal declaration of identity feels to some too salacious and gossip-fueled to be worthy of decision. I share many of these reservations, but the stories that dominate our collective imaginations share shape what our cultural permits artists and their audiences to say and be. Every time an artist signals queerness and that transmission falls on deaf ears, that signals dies. Recognizing the possibility of queerness while being conscious of the difference between possibly uncertainty keeps that signal alive yeah yeah that was a 
piece of her article originally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate we don't know who this associate is. We don't. Like, it's like, that's what's confusing to me is like, mm-hmm. Taylor could come out, right? She could say, well, I understand that maybe some of these things were read in a certain way. That's not how I intended. I'm sorry if it caused harm, but like, I am straight. I... I feel like my music is flexible in how people appreciate it, but it has always mm-hmm. been, you know, to me, how people read the work is one thing, but my personal life is very much like this, you know? Mm-hmm. And is it unfortunate that that's something she'd have to do? I guess, but it's also because it's something she's putting out there and people are reacting to more and more mainstream because mm-hmm. her music has gotten more and more vague or kind of like up to interpretation do you you think that she's not addressing it because she's addressed all of the bad things that have been said about her and have been um done to her do you think that by her addressing if it's not true her addressing that it's not true she's like it's not bad if i was gay if i was gay that's not bad do you think that if she made some huge statement about it she is also in a way, making a statement that like it upsets her that people think she is. Because yeah. maybe if she isn't, she's not upset because what's wrong with being right. a member of that community? Yeah, that's I go back to like Sean Mendez and his mm-hmm. sort of confusion and like it the way he responded to these accusations, which felt a little bit like there was some internalized homophobia there. I think that is like a fear for anyone else coming out is that you don't want to say the wrong thing and come across as like oh my gosh, how could you ever assume that like disgusting type thing? But I think with Taylor, again, the issue is that there are clues and there's a culture of clue finding, right? And so Mm -hmm. to put all that out there and then to to be like, I never talk about my music specifically. I don't, I don't, I don't say who it's about. I don't say what it's about. Like, yeah. But then to also be mad when people read into it in a way Mm -hmm. that maybe wasn't intended it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too like if you want to if you feel like this is damaging then you have to like say something and so Mm -hmm. I think the issue is she's kind of dug this hole for herself where if she comes out and she's like oh yeah no none of that was intentional I'm straight as an arrow like please then it's like well it was kind of queer baby right like it's like well what were you doing here and I think it's hard because I can also see the frustration of Hitlers who are like, she has said she's a straight ally. She has said that she advocates for people she's not a part of. How much more explicit can she be? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, yes. But on the other hand, you have people who are like, she has worn the bi flag. She has made sure that that her pronouns and songs are always vague. Her newer mm-hmm. songs have had like references to gay and lesbian and bisexual culture so why would she be doing that if this type thing and so it's like Mm -hmm. a really complicated issue with someone who is so personal in her music and her work that it's like it's a frustrating place for everyone to be and I'm sure that's true for Taylor too if she is straight and she hasn't intended to drop hairpins (laughs) throughout her music then it's sort of like she's got to take accountability and like redirect people in a very explicit way Mm -hmm. or she has to just like roll with the punches and let people talk about it because it's like not necessarily harmful unless Travis Kelsey is there being like do you like women (laughs) (laughs) you have a crush on all your girlfriends like it's like I don't know I don't see it as harmful and that being said like I recognize that I haven't been closeted or feared coming out or felt like my identity is up for discussion and so I understand that that can be a very um, vulnerable and personal place to be especially in the public eye Mm -hmm. but it's also like Taylor Swift could be more explicit and support her fans by being like okay I can see how this like got misconstrued but like blah 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 you know Mm -hmm. I don't know it's kind of tough for me because this whole like associates being like you wouldn't write this about me like but the same (laughs) same staffer wrote this about Harry Styles yeah it's like of course people are and that's like the thing 
if we're talking about the culture at large, I think the culture being obsessed with sex lives of celebrities is weird. Yes, and like in like is. the <laughs> the hyper attention on like oh well is is this person like allowed to play this character? Is this person allowed to like use these pro- like pronouns in songs if they aren't like I think this sort of like hyper policing of mm. how people live is a disturbing part of our culture. And so I can see that becoming like an impossible to please beast as far as like how weird it is to have a New York Times staffer like sit there and talk about like, is this person gay? Like, (laughs) you know, so it's like I understand in this situation that that's an unfortunate like 5,000 word essay to have in the nation's largest publication. Um, But it's also like times are different and it's not necessarily going to cancel Taylor if either way, you know, to me, my takeaway is that the times should not have run that piece. I think Mm -hmm. the reading of queer language in the art is left to fans listening to the art. Like I don't Mm -hmm. see any harm in Reddit or, you know, Tumblr threads that are like, this speaks to me. Like, where is this pronoun? Oh my gosh. She doesn't, she could have rhymed her but she went with you like you know that sort of thing mm-hmm. is like fun and part of loving music especially someone who asks you to read into the music um but when you have people staking financial like publications on someone's sexuality it's a little more like what are you doing here you know <laughs> yeah 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 very interesting yeah but i'd well, love to know who the associate is and um, me too and I think it's, yeah, the whole, like, this is anti-feminist to write about is sort of a lazy response. Mm-hmm. Um, the invasive, untrue, and inappropriate of it is the more important piece that I think they could have led with and kept to and just said. And then that would have probably silenced a lot of people because it's like, yeah. oh, it's untrue, you know? Or if, like, kind of vague. or if the article was written from a perspective of I'm a part of the LGBT community um, this is how I read her lyrics. And this is why, you know, like more of like a internalized piece. Right. Like this is what it means to me type thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it could have, it could have been spun in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I'll be interested to see like what, <laughs> like that's the thing is like, I see a Gaylor video and I'm like, oh yeah, of course. And then I see a, well, no actually video. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's fair. And yeah. so it's like, to me, the reason I'm I gravitate towards it is because it is so fascinating, and I believe in like death of the author style readings of art. But mm-hmm. I also think Taylor's personal life is such a enigma, even though she is so you know revealing and diaristic. But it's like we don't actually know stuff, and so that's where the I don't know. It, it's an interesting puzzle, and it's an interesting conundrum. So it reminds me of the, is it the seven husbands of, um, oh yeah, Evelyn Ele- Hugo, Evelyn Hugo. It kind of reminds me of, not saying that Taylor is, was closeted like Evelyn yeah, yeah. Hugo, but you know, there were, you just don't know yeah what you don't know. Yeah. And like she could be putting, someone could be putting on one face and doing something different, but yeah. it's just, so, it, it is interesting how you can, you can take things. Yeah. Well, and I, I think know. we forget that like Taylor Swift started writing music just like made up right like we have this Mm -hmm. assumption that like every song has a specific person and this outlines their specific relationship but in actuality her biggest early songs were love story you belong with me like these were just concepts and sure some of it was based in truth of like pining for someone Mm -hmm. but she has always been capable of feeling personal while speaking broadly and so yeah I think it's like the Pete fans and readers have become more and more obsessed with every single detail, meaning a literal truth, a literal yeah. fact. And I just think Taylor's played more loose with that than even she sometimes admits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in Suburban uh, Legends. Like in Suburban <laughs> Legends. I do have one little random thing to oh, say, yeah. just because I thought it was really interesting. So yesterday I was scrolling Facebook and I came across this article that said like, Taylor Swift in tears as, I don't know if you saw this, but Uh it said Taylor Swift in tears as parents, as separated parents, her mom and dad basically rekindle their romance and plan to remarry. 
And I was like, and it was, it was photos of like her with her mom and dad in like 2011, 2012. And then her crying, you know, that photo of her crying in the blue dress oh, with yeah. those bangs and it had that. And I was like, mm. and so I just clicked on it because well, clickbait. And I was like, what? And I read the article and I was saying at Christmas, you know, they reconcile, they're going to remarry. And then it, then it said something like Taylor Swift riots, you know, like my heart is is swelling that my parents' romance or love story is beginning again. And I was like, Taylor Swift writes that. I'm like, what's going on? Because Taylor Swift <laughs> hasn't posted anything. I'm like, what? And then I just kind of like took that as like a clickbait because it wasn't even really a, uh, a yeah, a like, like a reputable yeah. place. Yeah. It, and so I like, you know, that was in the back of my mind. And then last night, one of my guy friends who like, doesn't really follow Taylor so like I don't know how it popped up in his feed but he saw that article and he was like message our group he's like I take you as like the source for all things Taylor he's like I read this article that her parents are rekindling is that true and I was like how did this get like siphoned to you because you don't follow anything Taylor so I thought that was a really like interesting weird article I don't know if we didn't even talk it. about the Scott Swift email did you oh, see no. this over the break? I don't think I did. Tell me. There's this like lawsuit from her old manager. Yeah. And someone leaked some of the like facts of it, which included this like long email from Scott Swift back in like 2010 or something. So like really mm -hmm. early in her career. And it was like the most bonkers email where he's like, I'm doing everything to make sure my daughter is famous. Like, I'm the one doing all this and I get no thanks for it. And he's like basically going on a rant about how unthankful Andrea is and how Taylor does like, he's like, I'm stuck babysitting Austin while they go on these like press tours. And like, then he goes on a rant about how he, he can't like get it up anymore. And like he oh, had some no. sort of surgery. Okay. And then he's sure? like talking about like. Is this like a reputable email? No, no, no. This is legit. This is from oh. the court filings. Um, oh my gosh. And it's just like it suddenly. <laughs> it was like so awkward, like so weird. And just like the most like sad bro email where he's like no one respects me I'm the one going door to door I'm the one who if you want a meeting with me for like his financial team then he's they've got to listen to Taylor's demo like he was saying like he's hands on with her early career and like oh who got her the gig singing the national anthem me and like all this sort of stuff very like Ooh. stage mommy of him um which I think is fascinating one because everyone was like, oh, here, here's all the daddy troubles that come up in Taylor's music. Mm -hmm. But also like, yeah, he, they, they want this like pretty little whimsical story of like Taylor was so gung ho and she made it happen. But it's also because she had, you know, those, those parents, like, those parents who are like well, motivated. <laughs> okay. So I know we're going off a tangent, but I just read an article yesterday too, that the reason they named her Taylor was they wanted a gender yes. neutral name so that when, cause their idea was that she was going to be this big corporate star. So that when she was going for those big corporate jobs, her yeah. resume would yeah. say Taylor Swift. So you wouldn't know if it was a boy or a girl. Yeah. So like they, they've been, they've been calculating for her future oh, since yeah. she was either, either before she was conceived, but since she was yeah. basically conceived. Yeah. It's oh, so yeah, interesting. It. Who's who's the mastermind here? Scott and Andrea Swift or Taylor? Like that's my question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it all coalesced because there's also something in there about her, like Andrea being like, because they're both kind of you know that's that's the truth about any child star is they have to have parents who are just as thirsty for it and like mm -hmm. hungry for it. And mm -hmm. I think the same manager had accused Andrea of like being sort of momager e about like what taylor ate and like no taco bell yeah yeah <laughs> and so i i don't know that was just something that came out and people were like yeah. wow this email was tmi to a major degree because it was like scott just ranting about his like and health issues and um working dick, from so. <laughs> working in the corporate world you should know and this is like we both work in the corporate-ish world you should know that you've never, 
ever send an email like that. No, don't put it never. in writing. <laughs> don't put it in writing. My husband's a lawyer. I know that. So, yeah, so maybe that email brought them together and they were able to laugh about it. And now Andrea and Scar are back at it and in love, and Taylor's really happy for them. <laughs> she found love. They rekindled their love. Yeah. Uh, Scott and Andrea Swift are suburban legends. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There you go. Almost an hour in, we're finally getting to the song of the week. Yes. Well, it, you know. <laughs> I don't know if it's a secret, but Shelby, well, I think we've talked about this wasn't our favorite vault track. Yeah. Don't throw me under the bus. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it was your favorite either. Yeah. And the the thing with this song is it has, it has a lot of lines that I love and I do like some of the, the production, but then it just also kind of like where it hits, it also misses. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. I understand why it is a vault track. It is not sonically cohesive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So do you, yeah. I am reading this week. Do you have any thoughts you want to throw out into the universe before I get into it? No, I just want to say that this is, I think, the only one that she didn't have a little radio explainer for. So yeah. A, l- a little. Seems like uh, Taylor doesn't like it either. <laughs> a Tumblr memo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's get into verse one. You had people who called you on unmarked numbers in my peripheral vision. I let it slide like a hose on a slippery plastic summer. All was quickly forgiven. You were so magnetic, it was almost obnoxious. Flush with the currency of cool, I was always turning out my empty pockets. And when it came to you, yeah, I and that's the I and then it goes into the chorus. But it's a really weird cutoff. And when it came to you, dot dot dot. Okay, let's get into this. Yeah, let's get into this. Um. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, you're the one who said you had lines you loved. Are there any here? Um, not any that I love on this one. I, you know, there are some stuff that did make me think of um, of another song. Um, and now that we don't talk, you know, you part the crowd like the Red Sea. Yeah. Don't even get me started. Is really kind of reminiscent, and I think we talked about it when we took on that. Is you were so magnetic, it was almost obnoxious. So yeah. it's kind of like ties to some of her yeah. feelings about him where she's just kind of like I can't get over like this, this like, guy yeah yes yeah like he he knows it too yeah yeah no mm-hmm. it paints a picture of like a very familiar relationship a very familiar inspo for this whole album and this yeah. like oh he was maybe being a little bit I I mean he was cheating or he was emotionally cheating or he was emotionally unavailable or whatever and she's just like ha, 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 I'm fine with this like it's I'm gonna let it slide. I personally get such an ick with this like image of a I let it slide like a hose on a slippery plastic <laughs> summer. I'm like <laughs> yes, <laughs> like couldn't couldn't she have thought of a different I don't know like if it's the word metaphor slippery. yeah <laughs> like a different metaphor like a hor- hose and slippery kind of makes me think of some sexual innuendo <laughs> instead of a summertime you yeah. know going down the slip and slide like that's not yeah. what I get like and I understand what she was trying to say yeah I, I mean don't I don't I I saw the genius reference which was honestly hysterical to me yeah. how like straight face it was it was like swift is referencing slip insides a popular kid's toy in which a large plastic mat that sprays water on itself making it slippery and thus able to be slid down (laughs) and i'm like okay how is this like an important annotation right now like and and that's and that's what i was yeah like i I know that she let it go she let the 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 intuition, the yeah. the little the little thing in the back of her mind being like, oh, that probably wasn't a good thing that I just saw. Like, yeah, he has this this unmarked number, but I also don't know when this is in their relationship. Like, was this when yeah. they first started dating? Where you know, um, yeah, I've heard you've been with other girls, or was this at the end of their relationship, or was it something she was struggling throughout the whole time period that they were together? It's just. I think this There's song a- is more generic than other mm-hmm. like Harry Style inspired tracks. I feel like she's leaning into this high school imagery to make it this sort of idyllic childlike high school relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like this is probably inspired by more than it is yeah. like autobiographical, you know? So to me, she's trying to set the stage for this sort of small town 
high school moment, a la Betty, a la like you belong with me, where she's mm-hmm. like, she's attaching a relationship so far removed from that small town life, but mm-hmm. painting it as like, this is when we were innocent. This is when I was willing to like, I was so caught up in what could be, I was romanticizing it. I was mm-hmm. being immature about it, but it was like, so to me, she's it's being, more, yeah. yeah. Like she's being delusional between her and yeah. Harry. Like she really th- was like, okay, yes, but we're still going to end up together despite what everyone's going to say. You know, it's despite the fact that you have unmarked numbers calling you or texting you. We're still getting yeah. together. Like I'm still delusional about this. Yeah, it's like you make excuses in this like young first love because you're like, oh, mm-hmm. we're meant to be. And that's like this yeah. like flush with this currency of cool. But I was always turning out my empty pockets. Like she wasn't cool. He was. It's that classic like trope of the high school jock with the like, you know, the nerdy girl who's dancing in her room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. And then Taylor goes into the chorus. Um, I'm going to start off with that one line. And when it came to you, I didn't come here to make friends. We were born to be suburban legends. When you hold me, it holds me together. And you kiss me in a way that's going to screw me up forever. I love I love that last line. Yeah. I also, I love when you hold me together, when you hold me, it holds me together. When you kiss yeah. me in a way that's going to screw me up forever. My only note on this line, which I love, is I really wish she would have maybe leaned into a little bit of later Taylor. And <laughs> it's a vault track. And I would have really loved her to say the F word. <laughs> you know, like, and you kiss me in a way that's going to F me up forever. Like, I really, yeah. every single time I listen to that, I want her to say that. She you just got to have someone edit it to add her. Yes. but I I do really like this chorus yeah you know we were born to be suburban legends I was like oh like is she just kind of like like you said putting herself back in the minds of you know high school sweethearts no one thinks they're gonna make it they've had all this trouble but you want to know what like they made it out they made it they're going to their high school reunion they are (laughs) they are you know what what you know, legends are made, are made up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's what I was trying to to pull out. This is what dreams are yeah. made up. Well, I think My suburban parents... legends, like urban legends, it's sort of this like salacious kind of like mm-hmm. unbelievable story that's like passed down. Like, you know, every high school has an urban legend about someone who was like, like, like Ted Bundy kidnapped someone or like, oh, this couple mm-hmm. had a threesome with a teacher type thing. Like, it's like usually a piece of gossip that's never verified but it's like part of your cultural zeitgeist of that little town or whatever and I think when I think of Taylor writing this song I imagine this sort of playfulness of oh I came from nothing I was just a small town like you know how she sings about high school where she's like no one took me seriously everyone thought I was a nerd I didn't have any friends we were meant for so much greater like oh white horse or whatever it is you're going to do something more than date the guy on the football team like she's always been looking away from that like suburban mm-hmm. white picket fence life and I think her partner was something similar where if you think about Harry Styles like you know he wasn't he's not a nepo baby he just like got lucky on a uh, talent show x factor yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it was x factor i don't know yeah and so they're they are sort of these like mythical figures where people are still trotting out the stories of like when i went to high school with taylor swift type thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so just this yeah. like oh that's what and, we were born to do and some people her- have heard it like i even feel like now suburban legends are like trickling into like austin swift because i remember yeah. like my friend said she went to vanderbilt with him and he you know like so yeah. there's so many things that, that my friend had told me based yeah. off of taylor swift in nashville like it's just like so interesting that like yeah you don't know if it's true, but you're like, okay, like it becomes yeah. fact. Yeah, becomes, exactly. Like, this mysterious it's fact. Dying on. And like yeah. this idea of when it came to you, I didn't come here to make friends. I think obviously there's that like, oh, I like set my sight on you and we're going to date type thing. But also this idea of I didn't come to make friends. Like I knew this it, wouldn't be popular. People wouldn't be rooting for us. It wasn't going to be like the high school couple like the it couple that you want to be together like mm-hmm. I mean that was also the relationship as it was mirrored with Harry where everyone hated them it was constantly bad news it was constant yep. gossip about them yeah and so 
when it oh, when you hold me, it holds me together. It's like that's how I get through it. It's like I didn't come here for friends. I don't care what other people think about me. I just want to be with you. Yeah, as long as you're holding me, then you know we're gonna we're gonna make it through. Yeah. And when you kiss me, you know it's, it's something I'm never gonna get over. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's like that 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 um that ta- the golden tattoo. Like yeah, you, you marked you marked me forever. Yeah, or in question mark when she's like yes. Does everything feel second best after that meteor strike? Yep. Yep. I'm sorry. I sorry, call it question Travis. Mark. I always call it question mark. I got <laughs> chewed out for that once. You did? <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. question mark. Um, and then we, we go into verse two. I had the fantasy that maybe our mismatched star signs would surprise the whole school when I ended up back at our class reunion. Walking with you, you'd be more than a chapter in my old diaries. When the pages, with the pages ripped out, I'm standing in a 1950s gymnasium and I can still see you now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I kind of saw this as like, you know, of course, definitely metaphor, but you were just saying um, suburban legends. But when I was just kind of thinking of like her personal life with Harry, I kind of was like, oh, well, maybe she imagined that, you know, she'd be going to these award shows hand in hand with Harry and everyone would always be so surprised that they're still together because like, how do they overcome all the obstacles? You know, oh, it was it's worth it. Every summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The the watermelon sugar yeah. summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's a very... I mean, this is sort of where the song... Like, I just don't love the metaphor of the song. I think it's yeah. pretty mixed up. I think it, it kind of loses the plot there. But, um, yeah, I think you're right that this is just her being like, we're going to prove them wrong. Like either we're going to last or we're going to come back together or it's, there's no way this is the end of our story because we were meant to be more than this. Like I, I can still see that, you know, which is so interesting because looking back, like young Harry and Taylor, it's like, yeah, you guys were meant to be so much bigger than this, but outside of your relationship, (laughs) like you guys are still destined for greatness, but just not together. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's also funny to think that like, she's like, oh, I'm, you're holding me together. You know, I have this image that we're going to be, you know, surprising everybody. And just to think that Harry was probably like, this is fun. Yeah. (laughs) She was down bad. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) I mean, she's probably happy she's not with him. You know, he has that buzzed haircut now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) And then we go back into the chorus, which I think, that bachelor ABC should pay her to use some of this for what was it for either bachelor in paradise or bachelor. Cause there's always yeah. somebody in the season, a villain that says, I didn't come here to make friends. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't come here to make friends. We were born to be suburban legends. When you hold me, it holds me together and you kiss me in a way that's going to screw me up forever. I know that you still remember we were born to be national treasures when you told me we'd get back together and you kissed me in a way that's going to screw me up forever. So time-wise, if this is a time-wise, in my mind, this lyric puts it to when they broke up the first time. So, but I don't know. Yeah. When you told me we'd get back together. Like, or if, yeah, I don't know. No, I agree. It's, it's it, that seems to be the point. And I think that speaks to the on again, off again of, her relationship if this is inspired by that where it's like uh, you know this idea of we never go out of style with wildest dreams say you'll remember me like there's this belief that the destiny will outweigh the (laughs) toxicity um Mm -hmm. which is a a a a childlike daydream so Mm -hmm. if it's the high school imagery yeah (laughs) a teenage daydream definitely yeah (laughs) And then we go into the outro, TikTok on the clock, I pace down your block. I'm sorry. Whenever I hear this, TikTok on the clock, I hear TikTok on the clock with a party stats. Kesha. Oh, oh, oh. Like that's, and I've seen so many other comments like that too. Like, of course she's not, she's not like taking a lyric from Kesha because of course, like that's just like a general lyric. I cannot get Kesha out of my head after I hear this. What I think about is catching fire when they're in this the hunger games catching fire yeah and the old lady loses her like 
ability to speak and all she says is TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Okay. So you guys, TikTok on the clock. I pace down your block. I broke my own heart because you were too polite to do it. Right waves crash on the floor. I dash to the floor. You don't knock anymore. My whole life's ruined. TikTok on the clock. I pace down your block. I broke my own own heart because you were too polite to do it. Waves crashed to the shore. I dashed to the floor. You don't know. You don't knock anymore. And I always knew it. That my I life would the door, be right? ruined. Hold on. Waves crash to the shore. I dash to the door. Yeah. Yeah. You don't knock mm-hmm. anymore. And I always knew it. That my life would be ruined. <laughs> so, so I love... And I've talked about this lyric so many times. I broke my own heart because you were too polite to do it. Yeah. Like that line just really just is the epitome of a young man in their late teens, early 20s. Yeah. In my mind. Like, yeah. You know, not, they don't have the guts to actually break because they want to be a nice guy. So they don't mm-hmm. want to break up with you, but they're yeah. also going to treat you like shit. So yeah. then, you know, they're being polite because they don't want to break your heart yeah so you're like oh okay I guess I'll break up with you then yeah no it's a perfect line I think it probably is the reason that this even got as far as it did like I feel like that's Mm -hmm. the crux of this concept and um I think it would have fit on a better song somewhere else but Mm -hmm. it's it's very reminiscent of the entire 1989 theme which is like in out of the woods she's like oh I walked out you know setting you free type thing and I wish you would. She daydreams about him like driving past the street, but like ultimately saying no. Or even in the other vault track, like I would stay forever if you say don't go. Like there was this sort of pining for someone that you let go of or like Mm -hmm. how to get the girl. Like every image was like, I thought you'd chase after me or I I wanted you to like come back. I wanted to try again. Like if only you'd love me better, like we would have still been loving now. And Mm -hmm. um yeah, I think it's it's a good idea and a sentiment she explores throughout the album. Yeah. I just think it's buried under weird <laughs> additional metaphors with TikTok on the clock, like I'm TikTok. waiting for you, I'm pacing down your block hoping you'll see me out your window, like, you know, the say anything moment. Um, mm-hmm. Waves crash on the shore, I dash to the door, I don't... What do you think of the the lyric change? <clears throat> Waves crash on the shore. I dash to the door, and then at the very end, um, she changes. Waves crash to the shore. I dash to the door. Like she changes on and to. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I like waves crash on the shore. Waves crash to the shore. Like, is there some I don't know reason? I don't think there is, but maybe. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's like proof that this song was phoned in at the last. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I guess, I guess I could analyze. Yeah, so it's being done to her, like crash yeah. to crash on. I, I was like, why is that changing? I have no idea. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, yeah, because she says. Waves crash on the shore. I dash to the door. You don't knock anymore. And my whole life's ruined. And then in the final outro, she says, waves crash to the shore. I dash to the door. You don't knock anymore. And I always knew it that my life would be ruined. So it's sort of Mm -hmm. this classic Taylor twist where she's like, well, actually, I'm smarter than you. And I knew this was going to happen. And I'm sad, but I'm empowered. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's that. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly yes. haven't really listened to this um since the release. I I know some people love it and they cite those main lyrics like I broke my own heart and the you're going to kiss me in a way that's going to screw me up forever. I think people relate to the like teenage relationship aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um the relatability of feeling like someone's stringing you along but you want to believe that it's like for bigger destined reason I just feel like it's kind of fine (laughs) yeah 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 
Like I yeah. said, there's there's some song, some some part of the song that I'm really like tied to. Yeah. But then there's other part parts where I'm like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do know what's going on, but I'm like, this is just so confusing. Too many metaphors, slippery yeah. hoses, <laughs> high school reunions. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but you guys, that's suburban legends. That's Sorry that legends. I think we've just been putting it off because I know people are people are getting mad at us because these are, this is some people's favorite songs. I know. I know. I mean, it's great. I'm happy. I'm happy to hear people out. They can send us an email at Swishish Podcast explaining what we missed and what the difference yeah. between on and to means to them. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're gonna do next week. I, I mean, we we have gotten messages about how people want us to revisit the other vault tracks that we oh, skipped over and speak now. That's true. We should go through the ones. And I think done. fearless too. I don't think we've covered every yeah, vault no, track. I don't think we did everyone. I don't even know yeah. if we did everyone for red. Maybe we did. I don't know. Let's we'll do our research. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll come back to you next week. Yeah, exactly. With <laughs> the vault track. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but until then I'm Shelby. And I'm Ashley. And Taylor, you are a suburban legend. <laughs>